one of those. There we go. There, there, there we go. Let's see, get some sunlight. All right, I need some new lights in here. Anyway, welcome to the Gambling Shack. I'm Bobby Beats. You can follow me at the Robo Harris Jr. at Oh, follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been a long busy. It's been a productive day, people. It's been a long productive day for me. Uh, that my man gave my sipping some Chick Fil A sweet tea. Oh, it is sweet tea. Wow, right on the first time. Uh, follow him at Twitter on Twitter at g underscore Myers thirty three. What's going on, my man? Man, it's going good. Uh, like I said, we gotta get this hair situated. We we're talking about a pre-show. I gotta get this hair situated here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting a little out of hand. One of my friends told me today just to grow a mullet. Only <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if the world is ready for me yeah. to grow a mullet. I don't think I'm ready for me to grow a mullet. But we're actually not too far away from that right now. So we got to get the terror situation thing taken care of. Unfortunately, I don't live in Houston, a land of many great barbers. Um Got some slim pickings out here, but we'll figure something. Hopefully, by the next time you see me, I look mm-hmm. well. I'll, I'll just have less hair. Uh, so hopefully, <laughs> that's gotcha. it. hopefully we got less hair. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, uh, okay. We, we man, but uh-huh. big UFC weekend. Samuel yeah. Chase in the national championship. Thought about making the road trip, but turns out my job wants me to. Do my job, um, even when my school is playing in the national championship the next day. How dare they? Um, yeah. I could still make the trip, but it's just it'd just be too much. So we're gonna watch from the comfort of a couch somewhere. I'm not gonna say my couch because I might go to a watch party, but a couch somewhere. Gotcha. Good friend of the show, Colin, former tight end of the Bearcats, yeah. is doing a tailgating. Uh, festivity. Uh, he promoted on Facebook, seen that the other day, and he was like, "Hey, yeah. uh, Sam Houston alumni, come out! We for the tailgate. No, yeah. no mask. You, you know. man. I would love, I would love to tailgate and drink beverages with Colin. Um, <laughs> I, I would love, I would love to do that. I, I actually, I, I actually did talk to Colin." Mm-hmm. On Monday, I think him and I were Facetiming. So we uh, we I actually did talk to him this week. I wish I could go tailgate with him, but turns out I'm adult and have to like take care of responsibilities and pay bills and whatnot. It's, mm-hmm. ra- it's rather disappointing. Gotcha. Speaking <laughs> of those big heads, uh, let's. I mean. We'll get to the NFL schedule. Uh, well, 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 you know what? I'm jumping the far too ahead, trying to be the driver of the show. Let's talk about the NFL schedule real quick. Um, it was exciting, but it was so much leakage. It was too much leakage going on. Everybody had their games already, you mm-hmm. know, decided, especially uh, working for a local Houston radio station here in Houston. We all knew which week one was, you know. Well, so that every team released their mm-hmm. week one matchup, mm-hmm. and that the NFL like told them like, "Hey, you can do that." Yeah, but someone got a hold of like every team's schedule, some random Twitter account, and just started yeah. posting it out there. And, and you know, once it's out there in the Twitter sphere, it's it's out there. Yeah, um, 
it's out there. That's just what happened. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't keep mm-hmm. up with it too much. Gotcha. Um, Because I think, you know, one, we just don't know what True. these teams are going to be That's uh, between, between now and then. And also, I think just good teams are going to be good and bad teams are like the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be really good this year, regardless of what the schedule looks like. <laughs> and and the Houston Texans, for some reason, repping today, are going to be really bad this season, despite what the schedule looks like. Yeah. Yeah, true statement. True statement. No, that, that's like kind of my attitude towards the schedule release. Now, if I was hosting a radio show every day, then hell yeah, I'd be talking about the schedule release. But true. I am not in that position. So true. That is that is my take on it, as brutally honest as it is. And with the NFL schedule, Rob has decided to light money on fire, but we'll get to that later. Um <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, the money on fire. I think for me, you want to see the get back games for real. You want to see the Patriots, the Buccaneers, the Super Bowl reigning champions take on the Patriots. That's week four, I believe. Yeah, week four, prime time. Tom Brady gets to face the Patriots for the first time in Foxborough. So you get that matchup. Later down in the season, I think this is what, week eight or nine for the Texans. They play the Arizona Cardinals. Like you, you want to see JJ and DeAndre Hopkins uh, face off against the Texans. I mean, it's going to be exciting. That's probably one of the most exciting games on their schedule. Um, I posted on my Instagram story. You can follow me at Mr. Harris. I had a debate with my good friend, Akil Williams. He said, "Dog, they are not going three and fourteen. They are going one and 16. Wait, Okay, hold on. Oh, I, I have a gripe with both of y'all. Okay, where? Where do you see three wins? I and where does your friend see one win? <laughs> okay. The, for all my gamblers out there, all my handicappers, all my, my good buddies out there, the Texans, the opening line, which will certainly change when kickoff starts in September. The The opening line for the Texans is <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are favored by minus one and a half in NRG Stadium. And the Texans are one and a half covered. They're one and a half dogs. I said the Houston Texans will split with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They will split the first game. A lot of people said, Rob, you're crazy. Bobby Beach, you're crazy. Trevor Lawrence is going to torch that secondary defense like none other. Well, Travis ATN is going to run. A, okay. They're going to split. I might have to go take out a small business loan to bet the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Only given one and a half against – I get Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence against David Cully and probably Tyrod Taylor. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go take that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to just go take that. All right. Uh, All right. I, I was, uh, I'm going to go to the bank. I'm like, look, it's a sure thing. <laughs> Lock me in. <laughs> uh, trust me, I'm good. I'm good to pay back the loan. <laughs> I got your payments already. Look, then the second big back tomorrow. <laughs> stay with me. I know you might jump out your skin, Gabe, when I say this. Look, stay with me. You have to stay with me. Okay, I, I, I will wait to speak until you are finished. The Carolina Panthers Thursday night football NRG. Prime time, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. People talking about Christian McCaffrey. People talking about. 
I don't think Samuel is even with those guys. Did he sign somewhere? He signed with Washington. Okay, I figured that. He don't even have him no more. So look, look at the camera. Look, look, the Houston Texans are going to upset them guys. Thursday night football, primetime. You know how the Texans get when primetime Thursday night football roll around. They are undefeated. Oh, no, they're not. Not on Thursday, they're not. They got a good record. They're above 500. <laughs> They are above 500 on Thursday night football. That's the second victory for the Houston Texans. That's what I see right there. Now the last one. Stay with me, Gabe. Please do not jump out your skin tonight. The New York Jets. This is like week 13 or 14 in New York. Zach Wilson, young Zach. People think he's going to be BYU doing all them circuit passes and all that crazy. No, he's not going to have that type of luxury in the NFL. The Jets, the Texans are kind of they kind of tit for tack in the rebuilding mode. They're kind of you could say they're kind of even. They're kind of even right there. So that's the third victory and the only victory. So basically, in conclusion, if you're betting on the Texans total wins this season, bet the under. We told you this last week. Gonna lock that in. Bet the under for four total wins for the Texans. That's what Bovada says. Probably more books in, in the States, uh, and especially in Vegas, probably William and Arlum, Caesar and Arlum, Wager Talk, Bet Online. It's at four. Four total wins for the Texans. Bet the under. Okay, so I don't agree with the Jets. I don't think they're going to win that game. But I can see the logic on the Jets. I don't think they're even with the Jets, but the Jets are pretty bad. Zach Wilson, a rookie quarterback. Robert Sala, first-year head coach. Do we know – you know, he was a solid defense coordinator, but can he coach? We mm-hmm. don't know. Um, so, okay, I could see the Jets. I don't care if the game's in Houston or New York. I could see that one. Mm-hmm. That's plausible. Okay. They ain't beating Carolina. Carolina's a team I think is going to be – I think Carolina is going to be the second-best team in their division this year. Mm-hmm. Um I think Sam Darnold got a raw deal with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's going to go to Carolina. And he's actually a fan. Because I always try to do, like, okay, like who's the backup quarterback that's going to pop and be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year? That's going to be 15th, 20th quarterback, 25th quarterback selected. Mm-hmm. But it's going to, you know, will be a starting caliber guy. I think that this year is going to be Sam Darnold with Christian McCaffrey with Robbie Anderson, with DJ Moore, with Joe Brady calling the plays. Um, I think Carolina's actually going to be pretty solid this year. And, um, I mean, they're not beating uh, beating the Jaguars uh, just on – I know the Jaguars are not exactly the the bar when it comes to operational success. Mm -hmm. But I get Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence on one side, and I get David Culley and Tyrod Taylor on the other. I know with I I get one of the greatest college coaches ever or a forty year position coach who's coordinated some of the worst wide receiving units in the history of the NFL and that's not an exaggeration that's fact um, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Urban and uh, touchdown Trevor um, now if they start Tim Tebow at tight end then I'm gonna take all that back but <laughs> but um, that's a different discussion uh, yeah like I said. I think uh, I think the Texans are going to be historically terrible this year. But 
Regardless, we have a great week, Rob. Yeah, we uh, did. Bearcats are in a national championship. You is in Houston. I'm really rooting for you to see if you can go out to like the fan experience and stuff. Um, because you know that that stuff's just that's just a fun. Fun. It's pretty cool. Valentina Shevchenko is going to be doing a Q and A over there for my money, the best female pound for pound fighter in the world. A girl who I put in the class of. Amanda Nunez, Khabib, if he does fight again, and Kamaru Usman of betting on them is not a bet. It's an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, unless one of those four fights each other, um, they don't lose fights. They just win. That's all they do. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll bring that up again here in a little bit when we talk about some UFC bets. But I'm excited. Rob, let's get into it. And we're going to get into it today. We haven't had this in a while, Rob. I'm going to tell you why I'm really excited for this show. Mm-hmm. You haven't done it in a while, Rob. Disagree. We haven't disagreed in a while, and we're disagreeing on this. So, Rob, the floor is yours, sir. Houston, South Dakota State, over mm-hmm. under 47 and a half. Rob, tell the Shackers where you stand. I stand under. I stand on the under portion of Sam Houston and South Dakota State. I'll tell you why. Now, both teams – especially South Dakota State, they dominated Delaware. Like, they – I'm talking about chewed them up, spit them out in the first half. That was yeah. shocking to really anyone who bets FCS football. I, I thought it, it felt like everyone was on Delaware plus eight. Some people got even at plus nine. Mm-hmm. And it didn't come – it didn't come close to that. It, it, it at all. It did not come close to it at all. And they just really spit them up, chewed them out, took them out. Now, the Sam Houston game played a tough – and, and that, that game was crazy. If you really watch that game, James Madison was up like 28-3. It was 24-3 at half. And then when Sam Houston made their run, it was 27-10. to 10. And then that's when Ezra did a 70-yard touchdown that started the that started the run. That's when he started throwing the ball. Look here. Look. Look. This is going to be a tight game. This championship now. Mm-hmm. Everybody know – Championship football is just different than any other game. Did the you're so you're so anxious to get out the you know you you're so excited to play. It's gonna be tough defense on both sides, man. I I just don't see a blowout. Both teams do. Both teams when they can score, they can score. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I think Sam Houston gonna slow them down. They are gonna slow that running game down. Oh, they 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 have to play <laughs> have to play close football. They cannot turn the ball over, of course. Duh, that is the game of football. Don't turn the ball over. I think Sam Houston could get a nice little run game going, take that pressure off that young quarterback. I think that's that's the best thing for Sam Houston. I Actually, I want Sam Houston to win this. I mean, it's been a long, long, long spring season. I want them to win this. Give me the under. <clears throat> okay, so obviously, as an alum, I am rooting for Sam Houston. Um that's why I'm not uh, – well, I guess I have something to parlay later. But I think with uh, – the re- I'm going over, and the mm-hmm. reason why I'm going over, I think Sam Houston's best asset is their defensive line on the defensive side of the ball. Their defensive line, they're studs all the way around, just studs mm-hmm. on the defensive line. I don't think anyone really disagrees with that. With South Dakota State, they have a mobile quarterback. And the best way to kind of neutralize a really good defensive line is to have a mobile quarterback like that, someone who can move around and just make some plays off script. Mm-hmm. I think South Dakota State is going to do that. And I think Eric Schmidt finally 
in the playoffs really showed up. He really sling. He was really slinging the ball around um, yesterday, or not yesterday, uh, this past Saturday. Really slinging the ball around. Got the you know really got the offense going. I think that continues into this week, and I think both teams clear twenty. I, I think both teams clear twenty five points here. Um, I think it's going to be. Don't think it's necessarily going to be super high scoring. But I do think we're going to see just both defenses get beat because we have mobile quarterbacks on both sides here. I think Sam Sam Houston found their offensive rhythm a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so I do like that for them. And just knowing the program, Casey Keeler, he's a coach with great energy. I, I would say that's his best asset as a coach is his energy. And watching him, you would not believe he's late 50s, early 60s. Uh, nope, if wow. you, if, yeah, no, he's he's older than you think. I, I always compared him to Pete Carroll when I was at Sam Houston. He's, yes. he's older than you think he is mm-hmm. um, because he because he has such great energy. He actually does – he actually jogs like four or five miles before every game because he, he yes, told I. me that because he got so much – he's got so much energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that – and that's – teams take on the personality of their coach, and I think that's um, – and I think that's happening in Sam Houston. I think the defense, and that's why the defense comes out every game, plays with such great energy. I think it's because of that. I think mm-hmm. the offense has sputtered at times in the postseason, but I really believe they found the rhythm against James Madison. I think James Madison is a better defense than South Dakota State. I think Sam Houston will find a way to put some points on the board. And Sam Houston, regardless of how great their defensive line is, I think the quarterback, uh, what I, it's like Glowinski or something. The mm-hmm. starter for South Dakota State. He's a mobile guy. He can run around. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna run around and make some plays off the script against Sam Houston. You know, if you can escape the sack. I mean, that's where. I mean, that's where teams have had success against Sam Houston in the playoffs. It's quarter. You know, quarterbacks kind of just going and making a play. It's hard to beat them into structure because mm-hmm. of how good that defensive line is. How quickly they can get to the quarterback. Hard to run the ball on them. But if you got a mobile quarterback, you you can find some yards on the ground. You can make some plays in the air. So that's why I'm going over here. I just really – both teams with mobile quarterbacks, I just don't think the defenses, despite how good they are, are going to be able to keep these quarterbacks hemmed in for the entire game. And I think at some point we'll see a scoring. It might come later in the game. Now, if there's like a first-half under prop, I probably would like that quite a bit because I think mm-hmm. both defenses will start strong. But I think we get middle of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, I think we're going to see some points go on the board. And if you don't Sam Houston in the playoffs, when they have allowed – outside of the James Madison game – They've allowed their points late third, fourth quarter. Yeah. So and I th- and I I think that's kind of a theme we'll see in this game. Question for you, Gabe. If the Bearcats win it, when was their last championship? Nineteen sixty-nine, and they were the NAIA. Wow. That's major. That's, I mean, this season would mean so much, of course. Is, is it six? I, is it is it sixty nine? Did you have it in front of you, or were you just asking me? I was just asking briefly. Okay, I know they were in the NAIA. I want to say it was sixty nine. It might have been. I might be a couple years off there, but I know they were in the NAIA. I know it was a long time ago. They have not won a Division One, an FCS national championship, Division One AA. Um, so this would be the first in this classification, oh. and they've gotten cl- they've they've been in the national championship two or three times. Um, and just lost to North Dakota State. Um, so with Willie Fritz and Keeler's been to the semifinals, yeah, several times. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't been able to win a national title. So this is, um, man, I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one on Saturday. Yeah, shout out to the Bearcats representing that Texas 
Good old Huntsville. Good old city right there. I hope, I hope the Bearcats pull it Sam up. Houston, the Harvard of the South, baby. <laughs> the, Har the Harvard of the Piney Woods. The, Har <laughs> the Harvard of the Piney Woods. Uh, and also, also, congratulations. Hey, if Sam Houston do it, do it for the Southland. Because this, this, hey, it's the last time. It's going to be the last time Southland's going to have a chance at a national championship for a while. It's the last time. I seen, oh my God, I seen the press release. I was in the studio one day and I picked up the press release and said they're moving to the whack. And I was like, wow. I, I, I'm still stunned about it. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm still stunned. But it, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, anyway next, on to the next pick because we be all night picking. Next, next pick, uh, let's go NBA action for a Thursday night. Uh, Portland, Phoenix, over 235 and a half. I'm going to tell you something. Damian Lillard is hooping out his mind. Uh, CJ McCullough. You got Melo who's still going to post you up and uh, turn around and hit the jump on you like it's nothing. They wrote Melo off and he's still here. And then on the other side, Devin Booker, CP3. Everywhere CP3 goes, he makes the team so much better. And they got a bunch of young guys. There. DeAndre Aiden is still there, too. Uh, A10, excuse me, from uh, Arizona. You know, he's still out there doing his thing. So, I mean, this will be a nice battle. You might see this battle in the um, – I ain't mistaken. You might see this little battle nah. in the play. Oh, actually, no, Portland might fall to the play. So, yeah, it's possible. It's possible playoff matchup, and I like it. I like oh, both of these guys. Uh, both of these teams can score. Uh, Portland coming off a victory uh, the night before, beating Utah Jazz. Uh Previous night, on Tuesday night, uh, I mean, the Suns fell short of the hot, hot, hot uh, Golden State Warriors. Both teams going to go at it again. If you get a high score in the first half, I see it because of just how Damon Lillard is just hooping at 30 against Utah uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, so he's going um, to look for revenge, man. Damon Lillard, probably the greatest player, probably ever played for one franchise ever. Uh, I mean, top five, top ten, whatever you imagine it in. I think he's not – he's a player that's not going anywhere no time soon, I don't think. Uh, so, man. <laughs> so, look for the over. Over, when I mean over people, to all my people out here, over means get over. Uh, you're looking for 236 to cash in your ticket. Uh, so, you need a high score and how do them overs in basketball? If it get over like 120, 130 in that first half, my my, my guy, my mentor in this betting game, J-Bo, always said, if it hit over on the first half, beats, it'll hit over on the second half. So get your money. Yeah, the, the, my one thing with this is for Portland, they are battling to stay out of the play-in. It's going to have a little bit of a playoff feel. Mm -hmm. Phoenix, because Portland beat Utah, last, I think it was last night you said, um, Phoenix can still get that one seed. So this might have a little bit of a playoff feel to it right here. Um, and the playoffs game slows down a little bit. So that would be my one thing. What's the pace of this game going to be? But both are teams with Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum, Melo, Aiden, et cetera, uh, two teams that can really put the ball in the bucket. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my one thing is that this could slow down quite a bit with both teams really having something to play for here in the last week of the regular season. For my last two picks, I'm just going to the UFC because that's where my eyes are going to be this weekend. I'm going to be watching Bearcat. I'm going to be watching UFC on Saturday and Bearcat football on Sunday. Yeah. Um, 
that's just what that's sort of going to be this weekend. I'm honest with the people here, so I'm betting. Uh, I'm betting what I know here. Uh, mm-hmm. I might watch a little bit of Premier League action as well. Um, we'll see. But UFC first pick for UFC, I'll make. I like Shane Burgess and the. Think he's the leadoff hitter in the uh, in the pay per view now. Edmund Shabazi and Jack Hermanson got postponed next week, so I don't know if they're moving one up from the prelims that happened earlier today. Uh, so I don't know what the lamp's going to be, but last I checked, same Shane Burgess and Edson Barbosa going to be the first fight on the pay per view Saturday night. Exciting fight, love it. I like Burgess as a small minus one forty favorite to beat Edson Barbosa. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you kind of know my theory on this. Mm-hmm. If I get a young fighter on the rise against an older fighter who's probably on the decline, I'm going to take the younger fighter. That's what we get here. I think this is a very exciting matchup, though. I actually have another a prop bet for this in my parlay, which I'll touch on later in the show. But Burgess is a brawler. He's going to come after you. He's going to he's going to take some shots in the hope that his shots are going to do more damage than your shots, and he's going to try to knock you out. Very exciting fighter. If you're just if you want to go in there, see two two people sling it. Shane Burgess is your fighter. I mean, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. Ain't gonna be a boring fight. I can tell you that much. With him, Edson Barbosa, a little more technical, still super exciting. One of the best kick at when he was in his prime. Maybe the best kicker in the history of the UFC. Um, when he when he was at his peak, he just threw kicks from all, all different types of kicks, all different types of angles. Still kind of has that in his bag in his repertoire here. I think Shane Burgess is able to close the distance, though, and just get a lot of damage in on Barbosa, who over the years fighting in the lightweight division, which when he was fighting in it was the toughest division in the UFC, might still be the toughest division in the UFC. Um, I think Barbosa just taking a lot of damage, and I think his chin is a little worn out. I think Burgess eventually is going to get to it, shut his lights off. I like Burgess as a small minus 140 favorite as we lead off the pay-per-view down in Houston, Texas, H-Town. And then just staying on the UFC before we get to Rob's final pick. Um, I like, and this is the co-main event, but Neil Dariush, Tony Ferguson. Um, and I've only done this one other time before, and I hit on it with Robert Whitaker over Kelvin Gastelum by decision. So I'm doing it again. But like but Neil Dariush by decision, by decision, plus 20, 125 over Tony Ferguson. Similar thing here. Dariush, he is kind of up there in age. He is in his mid-30s, not as old as Ferguson, who's 37. But he's getting a little up there in age. But Darius, the last 12, 15 months, just stock has been rising. Big win. Mm-hmm. Stock's been rising. Tony Ferguson, last two fights, I could argue he's fought the two best guys in the division, losing to Justin Gaethje and then losing to uh, Charles Oliveira, who I'll touch on later as well. Um, he's in the main event. But I think Ferguson, his stock's just declining. And Ferguson, part of what made him so successful was he had this very weird, awkward style. He had a 12-fight winning streak before – uh, losing to Gaethje almost a year ago today um, is when he lost to Justin Gaethje in the interim light lightweight title fight. There's a chance Ferguson's been figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that chance that awkward fighting style has been figured out. And also he's getting older. He's not the athlete he once was, but he's got a hell of a chin on him. Darius got some real power in those hands, but Ferguson's going to be able to last, you know, the 15 minutes to three rounds in this fight. I just don't think he's going to have enough tricks in the bag to beat Benil Dariush, but his chin is going to keep him in this fight. I do think Dariush does get the win, but by decision, plus 125 odds, according to Bovada, over Tony Ferguson. Second time I've done this, I'm 1-0 so far, so we're going to make it 2-0. Rob, your last pick of the week. Last pick, we're going to go to the Diamond uh, for a little Friday late night 
baseball action. We're going to go St. Louis Cardinals and San Diego Padres over seven runs. We got Joe Musgrove starting for the Padres. Uh, you got uh, – hold on, give me time. Now, I should have did this prepared for this. <laughs> Uh, you got dun, 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 Joan Oviedo, whoever that is for the card. The, <laughs> Oviedo, Oviedo, he's 0 1. He's a new pitcher, but you know, Joe, Joe Musgrove, all Houstonians, former Astro, also one of the four no hitters. Uh, yeah, did, did, did he throw the first one or the second one? He threw the second one. Okay, yeah, so Rodon threw the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you got you got. When you think about these two two teams, and especially the Padres up on the rise, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., you got some heavy hitters in this lineup. But then on the other side, the Cardinals, 22 and 15 in the NL Central, they got two heavy hitters too. They got uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. You know what I'm saying? So, and then you still got Matt Carpenter. He's not, I mean, he's been like 269. Hey, Paul, Paul DeYoung is shortstop. He's one of the, mm-hmm. he's he's one really of the good shortstops in the league. And- no one really talks about him. <laughs> so I mean, both of these both of these uh, teams can score the runs. They hit home runs a lot. Fernando Tatis leads the Padres with nine homers. Uh, you got Tyler O'Neill with the Cardinals. He leaving with seven home runs of the season. Both sluggers. You know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen between these two ball clubs. They're gonna score a lot of runs, man. So, and Petco Park. It used to be. It used to be a pitcher's ballpark. But now you got some sluggers in there. It's turned into a hitter's ballpark, if I must say so myself. And we got a chance, our viewers, last season for the playoffs with the satellites, uh, you got a chance to see that. Yeah. So here's the one thing I'll say. You probably didn't take this into consideration because you didn't mention it. Fernando Tatis is on the COVID protocol list. Uh, mm-hmm. But seven runs is not a lot in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, especially when one of the pitchers is a guy that is not very well known. Yeah, um, even without Tatis, with with Machado, with Hosmer, with uh, is Tom, I think Tommy Pham is there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still a lineup for the Padres that can really do some damage. Uh, one thing, Musgrove's pitching really well this year. So true. You need you know if you think the Padres are put five runs on the board, you need Musgrove to maybe not be on his A game to clear the seven. But seven's a pretty low number. I'll go with you there. Um, so, yeah, now we move into our locks. Lock it in. I'm turning the key there of the week. Said I'll get back to Charles Oliveira here in a minute, and I am my lock of the week. I like Charles Oliveira, a guy I call the human boa constrictor, has a UFC record for most submission victories in the UFC career. Uh, across the featherweight and lightweight division, dude, mm-hmm. just, he gets his hands on you on the ground, man. It's uh, submit you all different, all different angles, all different types of submissions. Probably, maybe, probably pound for pound, the best jujitsu practitioner in all of the UFC. Um, I like Oliveira minus one forty against Michael Chandler. Now, Michael Chandler on the Conor McGregor card back in January. Monster UFC debut with a knockout of Dan Hooker. Unless I sell, I'm not going to sell Michael Chandler short here. Because mm-hmm. he KO'd Dan Hooker in one round within like a couple of minutes. Let's not forget Dustin Poirier, who beat Conor McGregor back in January, and his stock can never be higher. People think Poirier might be the best guy in the division right now, and possibly he is. 
But Dan Hooker went five rounds with Dustin Poirier. Went punch for punch with Dustin Poirier. After four rounds of that fight, it was tied. Two rounds to two before Poirier took over in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Michael Chandler knocked out Dan Hooker within a couple of minutes. This mm-hmm. Poirier is a good striker. Michael Chandler's got some real power in those hands, and we didn't even see his wrestling. We know he can wrestle. I think this fight plays out on the feet, though, because I'm not sure Chandler's going to want to mess with Oliveira too much on the ground because Oliveira's jiu-jitsu, you make one, you slip up one time, you're getting choked out. Um, Mm -hmm. He's just that good. But I want to read you a text I sent. We mentioned him earlier, good friend Colin. Um, And Colin is someone who trains. He does work with some USC fighters. He does strength and conditioning for him. He's someone who knows the mixed martial arts world very well. Um, so when we talk, a lot of our conversations are about MMA and the UFC. So I'm going to read you this text I sent to Colin the last time Charles Oliveira fought on December 12th. Charles Oliveira is the first guy I've watched that I think would be a real pl- problem for Khabib. Not saying Khabib wouldn't win, but I wouldn't place a bet on that fight. Can't say that for any other guy Khabib would fight. Mm-hmm. The last time Charles Oliveira performed, that was my takeaway. So. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a moment of this Michael Chandler, you know, monster punch on Dan Hooker. Charles Oliveira's on an eight-fight winning streak right now. Charles Oliveira, he came in. The, he's thirty-one now. He came in the UFC at twenty years old. Fought at featherweight, one forty-five forever. Probably compromised his body a little too much. A little too big to be fighting at one forty-five. At one fifty-five, that's a much better weight for him. He can be a lot stronger there. And Oliveira, early in his career, he was always a great jujitsu guy. Not always gets a great striker. Now he's an outstanding technical striker, and if he does get his hands on you, you're still done. He damn near snapped Tony Ferguson's arm in his last fight. I mean, I did. I that was. I don't really ever look away from the screen in the UFC fight. When Charles Oliveira had Tony Ferguson in that triangle armbar, I was looking away because I thought that because it was Clyde was running down on the round. I thought Ferguson's arm was about to snap. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how Tony Ferguson didn't tap there. That's just. That's why I think it'll go over three rounds. It's Benio Dariush. That man is made of something besides bone and muscle. Um, But I think Charles Oliveira, I think Michael Chandler, his best asset is his wrestling. I don't think he's going to be eager to take Oliveira down. And even if he does, not sure Chandler's at an advantage there. And on the feet, Chandler does have the great power. But I think outside of Francis Ngannou, who's just an otherworldly type of power at the heavyweight division, a lot of what we've seen when you see a technical striker against a powerful striker, you see the technical guy often win, often able to avoid those big power strikes. I think Oliveira's combination of being really good on the feet combined with being the best jiu-jitsu guy in the world, in, in the world of mixed martial arts, I think Charles Oliveira walks out of the Toyota Center Saturday night as the new UFC lightweight champion. Minus 140 favorite there, slight favorite there. Over Michael Chandler, but I think Oliveira, he's the best one. Fit. If Khabib is indeed retired, which he says he is, he gave up the belt, so no reason to believe he's not. Yeah. Um, I think Charles Oliveira is the best 155-pounder in the world right now. Mm. So that's my that's my, that's my my pick for this weekend. Charles Oliveira minus 140 over Michael Chandler. Yeah, I'm going to skip over. Well, I ain't going to skip over my lock of the week. Lock of the week, Sam Houston plus five and a half. I'm seeing other lines. I went on uh, wagertalk.com and I seen a whole bunch of Ben sporting books saying four and a half, five and a half, four and a half. So most likely it will probably be at five and a half when it kicks off. Look, we said it earlier. Uh, both teams, when they can get it going, they really can get it going. We talk about Sam Houston defense and we're talking about 
Um, I seen Morgowski, 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 Morgowski. Yeah, you go and I'll look up the name. <laughs> we talked about the defense stopping uh, the mobile, mobile quarterback for South Dakota State. Uh, if they can get to the quarterback, I think Sam could keep it close. I want Sam Houston to win this because it's been a long season for FCS football with a lot of postponement, a lot of cancellations, even though Sam Houston – uh, I don't think they canceled a game this season. Yeah, they they were nine and zero, so they didn't get a chance to cancel. I don't think they canceled a game this season. They <laughs> um, postponed one because of the snowstorm, but not because of COVID. Not because of COVID. So either uh, you take that nine and zero. I just think uh, Sam Houston is just more excited. Um, they fought back to beat James Madison last week. They got it really going in the second half. I I'm gonna say Gronowski as the pronunciation. We're gonna go Gronowski. Gronowski. The Sam Houston Bearcats defense could contain Gronowski of South Dakota State. I think Sam Houston keeps us getting close, and eventually they outright win it. Yeah, I'm a. I agree with you here, and I don't want to get too emotionally invested being an alum. <laughs> I want to stay. Um, I want, but I think James Madison is a better team than South Dakota State, and Sam Houston. They kind of. You know, with North Dakota State and James Madison, the teams responsible for their biggest playoff heartbreaks in the last mm-hmm. five years, um, I should heartbreaks, beatdowns in the last five years, if we're being honest, um, they kind of slayed the dragons there. And James Madison, remember, they were ranked number one the entire season. They were ranked number one in the country all year, got a three seed in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs. South Dakota State got the one because they beat North Dakota State the last week of the regular season. Sam Houston State was dominating against North Dakota State until those two uh, special teams touchdowns. So North Dakota State really moved the ball on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Sam Houston, I, I, they got the speed advantage here. I think I, I would take Eric Schmidt over Gronowski as, at the quarterback position. But the key is that defensive line, man. Uh, yeah. That defensive line, Trace Mascaro, uh, Jahari K, Joseph Wallace. I mean, those three up front, they're, they're just all menaces. I mean, they just – I mean, I, I mean, if you're a quarterback that's trying to get them, they're in your nightmares by now. I mean, such as Joseph Wallace, big 95. I mean, that dude is just a stud. He's a he's an NFL player, mm-hmm. uh, really. No no question about. It. I think he's going to be a he'll be he'll be someone selected in the 2022 draft. Um, but that defensive line is just filthy. Um, I like I like the Bearcats here to win as well, uh, and I love them at plus five and a half here, getting almost a touchdown. Right there, I think this is going to be a close game. So I think you get—I mean, if you gave me South Dakota State plus five and a half, even though I think Sam Houston's going to win, I still take that because I think this game is going to be within a touchdown. So yeah. I, th- I think, uh, I think five and a half—that's a great number to get it at right here. So I'm, uh, I'm liking this, Rob. Now <laughs> we'll move on to the future bets. Uh, so I, I, before we get to the future bets. I want to pat myself on the back here a little bit, Rob, and this is where I want to pat myself on the back. Oh, wait, hold on. By Joseph Wallace, the big 95 tackle, uh, transferred from Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. No, yeah, continue. continue. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. He's, so he's joined from Texas Tech. Mascaro, I think, with the Oregon State, then UTEP for going to, for going mm-hmm. to Sam Houston. Right. And then Jahari K was a junior college transfer, a pretty highly sought after one, mm-hmm. uh, ended up in Huntsville. So a lot of talent on that defensive front in Huntsville, Texas. Uh, man, Keeler can recruit, I'll tell you that. I knew that when I was there before they kind of made the shift in the program's philosophy. He was able to recruit back then. Mm-hmm. Guys like Davion Davis, who are now in the NFL, P.J. Hall, Jeremiah Briscoe, back-to-back Walter Payton Award winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeler, can, if, if nothing else, he can recruit, but it turns out he can coach a little bit too. Um, 
So, though, I want to pat myself on the back a little bit here because I said, what, about three weeks ago now? Yeah. I said with the Lakers, I was like, man, I just don't know if I'd do it at 300 because of Braun's ankle. Is he going to be healthy? And maybe he comes back in the playoffs and he is. Yeah. Maybe, but nowhere to be found. And, and, and in about five days, they're going to be playing for their season. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably going to be in the play-in. Yeah, they, they most likely are. So it's just like, man, like, is can, is Braun, is, is this injury something he's going to be able to come back from here as the playoffs begin? The playoffs are not the place you want to be finding your form late in the year. Now, with that being said, uh, when I checked today, the Lakers were plus 450 to win the title. I almost put that in my futures bet because I was like, man, I, li- I don't know about about 300, but I love it. I kind of like it. I don't know if I love it, but I like it at 450. I just wish I could see LeBron play because that was my thing even at 300. It's like I need to see him play Yeah. before I put this bet. I just – I need – and may- we might get here two weeks from now and they put – and they're in the first-round matchup with probably the Phoenix Suns. And the mm-hmm. Lakers are, let's say, plus 351 in the title. I might put the bet in then. Yeah. Uh, once I've seen LeBron play and, more importantly, play at a high level. Play like mm-hmm. we've come to expect LeBron James to play over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that been my thing. So I, I just want to pat myself on the back a little bit there. You know, just, just being a – just uh, that was my concern. And my a couple people who listen to the podcast like, oh, you're just hating on LeBron. He's going to be fine. It's like. He's, he played one game and re-injured himself. True. <coughs> so, it that's just my worry with the with the Lakers here. And I've said this, and this will be the third time I think I've said it on the show. If LeBron's healthy, I would bet the Lakers won the title. Yeah. If, if he is healthy, so if, if LeBron comes back healthy, your bet turns into a good one, in my opinion. True. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion, they would be the favorites. Um, but we just don't know. I don't. I don't think road games really matter for LeBron. That's the other thing. I'm not really concerned about him not having home court advantage. But mm-hmm. we're going to the futures best now. Should I go or should you go? Um, you you here, go ahead and go. go. So we'll stay on the NBA. <laughs> we'll stay on the NBA. So I'll go. So I'm kind of calling my shot with this one here. Mm. I'm calling my shot here. The NBA is not a league. Where you go from mediocre to championship in one or really even two years. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with – think about even with LeBron, when he went to Miami, year two he won the title. Yeah. Goes to Cleveland. Year two he wins the title. Goes to the Lakers. Year two he wins the title. And this one, in the cases of Miami and in Cleveland, he brought in elite players. And it took him to year two to win the title. True. So now let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. The big change they made before getting, you know, being the top seed in the East last two years was going from Jason Kidd, who was not a good NBA head coach, great player, not a great NBA head coach, to yeah. Mike Budenholzer, former Spurs yeah. assistant, former Hawks head coach, changing the system. And imagine this, putting shooters around Giannis was a good idea. <laughs> who would have thought? Um but even then, the Bucks were a mediocre team. Mm-hmm. Year one, they ran into Kawhi, who went supernova that year for the Raptors and lost. It happens. Last year, uh, not uh, kind of looks bad losing to Miami last year in the manner mm-hmm. in which it did. 
But fast forward here, I kind of look at the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn don't play any defense. No. The Sixers don't got – I mean, Simmons – I, I, I really like Ben Simmons. I think Joel Embiid's an amazing talent. I think Tobias Harris has been a really good player this year. Do they have the shooting, though, in the postseason against elite defenses? I don't know. How is Brooklyn going to defend the inside? I don't know. I look at it, Milwaukee getting swapping out Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday was sneakily the best move of the offseason. True. Getting rid of Eric Bledsoe and bringing in Drew Holiday was under was low-key the best move of the offseason. No one mm-hmm. talked about it, but that was the best move this offseason. Bring getting rid of Bledsoe, bringing in Drew Holiday, who's an outstanding defender and can really play on offense. Mm-hmm. Come in and be the second or third guy along with Giannis and Chris Middleton. So, you know, you got three guys who can each get you 25 on yep. a given night. Mm-hmm. You got more shooting. And now, and Holiday also a much better shooter than Eric Bledsoe. So, another guy you got to close out to that you can't pack the paint with Giannis on. And I look at the Bucks' path. Round two, they're playing the Nets. Have you seen what Giannis has done to the Nets in the last month? Yeah. I mean, he's just been destroying them. Do the Nets have the – is, or is James Harden or Kyrie Irving all of a sudden going to become a really good defender in the playoffs? <laughs> I I have my doubts about yeah. that happening. And with Philly, I just don't know if they have the offensive firepower from the perimeter, especially having two basically non-shooters on the floor. Now, Embiid can shoot a little bit, but he's not a guy you want shooting with any kind of volume. With mm-hmm. Embiid basically being non-shooters, the team with two non-shooters in the starting lineup going to get – to the NBA Finals in this version of the NBA. Have my doubts about that. Plus 330, Milwaukee Bucks to win the Eastern Conference. I uh, I feel decent about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I look, I look at the matchup, and, I, and this is also this a little bit of last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't pull the trigger on something I had a good feeling about. I had a feeling about – Miami and the matchup they presented for the Milwaukee Bucks. But I didn't have the stones to pull the trigger on that bet and bet Miami to beat Milwaukee in the second round. I didn't have the cojones to go and pull the trigger on that one. I just didn't have the I could I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it, even though I was like, like that's where my eyes were pulling me. It was like, man, I think I think Miami's gonna knock off Milwaukee here. But I just I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm not letting that get in the way this year. I like the Milwaukee Bucks to make the NBA Finals, win the Eastern Conference, plus 330. I think the, the Brooklyn Nets are even money, and then Milwaukee and Philadelphia are both are both plus 330. Yeah, you want to spend some money on Miami, they plus 1,100. Uh. <laughs> Miami hasn't had it together all year. Tyler yeah. Hero, I think, was amazing in the bubble, but I think he played a little over his head. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan Robinson, as amazing of a shooter as he is, a bit of a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jimmy Butler is. I think I really like Jimmy Butler. I don't think he's taking you to back-to-back finals appearances. Especially, mm-hmm. and I think if Miami, I think they'd be matched. I think they'd be matched up with um, with Milwaukee actually in the first round as things stand. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say they, let's just say they beat Milwaukee for argument's sake here. One that ruined my bet, so I'd hate it. Um, but let's say they do. I think Miami matching up with Brooklyn would be terrible. Mm-hmm. I think that's a horrible matchup. Yeah. I, I think that would be awful. They just don't have the firepower. So I that I, I looked at that. I th- if Miami was on the other side of the bracket, if you told me they were a four or the five seed, mm-hmm. 
maybe I th- I could see some value there because then Brooklyn get knocked off and then maybe they can recreate the magic they had last year against the Bucks. But I just don't think even if they got past the first round, they wouldn't have the firepower against Brooklyn. Okay. All right. All right. I hear. I hear. Uh, we gonna run through these uh futures. <laughs> we'll run through these futures. Deshaun Watson might still play for. <laughs> He might play football. We're not, play. I thought we weren't mentioning this anymore. <laughs> We're going to leave it on our board, but we don't need to. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, all right, all right. We ain't worrying about the show. We're not worrying about him. But anyway, uh, this is the one The one I put in right before the show, and Gabe almost jumped out his skin again. <laughs> Here you go. The schedule's released. You know, the NFL schedule's released. You know, I'm looking at divisions. I looked at some future stuff. Now, I'm going to give you some back stats, some, some, some logic and some stats right here. Because I normally don't do that. Sometimes I just say stuff and then I try to opinionate it all through. Yeah, please give us some logic here because. All right. According <laughs> to CBS Sports uh, Instagram page, <laughs> uh, they're official, by the way. They, they're a blue check mark. Um, they listed all 32 teams uh, from the best opponents to the worst opponents from last season, their records from last season. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are number one, and the Philadelphia Eagles are last. They are point, they are 43% per, per se uh, opponents from last season, their record. So Philly has the best, uh, well, the weakest, not the best, the weakest schedule for the 2021-17 game season. I like the odds. Plus 550? People think Jalen Hurts is horrible. I think Jalen Hurts, was he brought the spirit out that team. That team needed Holy Ghost. That team needed Holy Water. That team was done with Carson Wentz, and they know it. Doug Peterson knew it. Well, he got fired, but he knew it. Everybody knew it. The wide receivers knew it. Greg Ward Jr., all them guys, they knew they needed some life. Jalen coming out of that Packers game almost brought them back in that game. Then the Arizona, the matchup, the Oklahoma boys, Kyler Murray and Avion Hurt. Uh, Avion Hurt, Lord, I'm talking about his older brother. Jalen Hurts. Oh, hey, what up, Avion? If you're on my mind, you're on my mind. I talked to you earlier today. Jalen Hurts, the battle between the Oklahoma boys, and you seen how that went down. It, it went kind of tit for tat for each other. Uh, but Jalen played solid. I mean, he played pretty good, more than expectations. <laughs> more than expectations, guys. So plus 550. So what I'm saying right now, if you throw a hundred dollars down, <laughs> if you put a hundred down, you get five hundred and fifty dollars back. That is what I'm saying right now. So throw your money down on that right now. Philadelphia Eagles, look at the East. Giants suck. They still trying to figure out their quarterback. Football team, they can sign Ryan Fitz Magic. You know he only gonna be good for three, four games, and then it's gonna fizzle like Dak. I don't know how that ankle is. Cowboys are uh, on paper. Cowboys are the best team in this division. Supposed to be the best team. Well, not the defense, Gabe. I'm talking about the offense. <laughs> you mentioned the key thing right there. I'm talking about the offense. I'm talking about Dak, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, CD Lamb. Oh, that's by far the best offense in the division. As we yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the best offense if everything rolls right. If if Dak stays upright. If they could get some offensive line, get back to the old offensive line where they used to protect them, but they missing some people because some people retired. So anyway, anyway, 
Philadelphia Eagles plus 550. I like them odds. I'm not throwing away the money. You got the weakest schedule. The weakest. Okay. Schedule. I don't care about Joe Flacco talking about he's gonna take Jalen Hurst. I know you're not. Sit down. No, no, he's not. You're a backup. You're a backup in this time. That, that's what yeah. I will agree with you on. Hey, no way, Joe Flacco. So me saying this is throwing money away has, doesn't really have anything to do with Jalen Hurts. I don't think mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts in the Eagles laundry list of problems, Jalen Hurts is not on the list. Oh, okay. Thank you. Jalen Hurts is not. Uh, the Eagles have many problems. Jalen Hurts is not one of them. Now, okay. do I think Jalen Hurts is a top flight starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think so, but I also think the jury is still out on that. I, he, he started, what, four games last year, five games. Let's give him some time to prove himself. If you're going to trade away Carson Wentz, fire the head coach. Now, I don't I don't like their head coach hired Nick Sirianni, who sounded pretty stupid talking about how smart his football team is going to be, so I'm going to red flag that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fired Doug Peterson, who won the only Super Bowl in the franchise's history because he didn't acquiesce to – Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, so I'm going to red flag that as well. I think the organization mm-hmm. is more chaotic than mm-hmm. people realize. That's why I don't like this pick. I'll tell you what I do kind of – so what you said about Washington is right. Do I think Fitzmagic is going to be really good over the course of the season? No. But that Washington defense is filthy. Yeah. And they got the best coach in the division probably in Ron Rivera. True. If he ain't the best coach in the division, the second best coach in that division is Joe Judge of the Giants. So Washington is what let me pull it up right now. They're plus 220 to win the division. And I really like the Giants here plus 400. Here's why. They were one game away from going to the playoffs last year True. without Saquon Barkley for most of the season. Yeah. They get Saquon back. They added to the offensive line. They brought in Kenny Galladay to help with the weapons and Kadarius Tony, who I thought was a little overdrafted. Yeah. He is going to play a role with the Giants, though. He's he's a burner. They don't got somebody like him. He's going to mm-hmm. be someone to play. And the Giants defensively were actually really solid last year. They actually really made some strides last year. I think year two under Joe Judge, remember, he was a new coach, didn't have a preseason. They started playing well later in the season. Wouldn't be surprised they carry that momentum. Also, Danny Dimes started playing well later in the season. Now, Daniel Jones is also someone I'm not really sold on as a franchise pillar quarterback. But he's going to have at least a decent offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a lot of weapons around him, a really good running back, and a solid defense. I think the Giants at plus 400 are the value here because what the hell is Dallas's defense? And we talk about their offensive line as if they're still elite. They haven't mm-hmm. been healthy in four years. Zeke, first after the first four games of last year, was just you know downright awful. And Washington – do we think Fitz Magic, even with the, as good as that defense is, and man, that defense, especially that defensive front, man, they are elite up front with Deron Payne, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, uh, Kerrigan. I mean, Montez mm. Sweat. I mean, they can play up front. I mean, that's the, we talk about Sam Houston's defensive line being a problem. That Washington defensive line is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fitz is going to lose them a couple games this year with his turnovers, with his recklessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just kind of the. That's just that's just what history tells us Fitz is going to do, and he's 38 now. He ain't getting any better. Um, I can tell you that. I think the value in this division is a Giants at plus 400. Now, what I said earlier. Now I did. I have already put a bet on the Texans under four, uh, but that's the only <laughs> bet I put so far this year. Um, but. With any NFL team, what you see right now may not be the team that's. The, what if Washington 
trades for a quarterback all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. You know, what if Denver trades for Aaron Rodgers, like some speculate to do so? What if Jordan Love starts for the Packers next year? You know, like what's it can happen? You know, what if Deshaun Watson, all this stuff, you know, he gets acquitted of all this stuff and uh, he starts a quarterback for the Texans next year? Well, then I'm not feeling so good about my under four bit. Um, mm-hmm. So, this, these, it's just all this right now. When we talk about NFL bets, it's hot, you know, over unders or division winners. What if an injury happens in training camp? You know what? You know, I think the Colts are going to be really good this year. But if they lose Quentin Nelson and other offensive linemen in training camp in the preseason, all of a sudden I don't think the Colts are going to be as good. Yeah. <laughs> so that, so you know, that's I'm hesitant to make any NFL bets now. But if I was in a bet, especially on the NFC East, I like the Giants there, uh, plus four hundred. I think they have, I think they have a solid defense and they have a lot of pieces on offense. Versus Dallas, they got a lot of pieces on offense and obviously a better quarterback than what the Giants have. But that coming off an injury, offensive line's been injured for the last few years. Defense is atrocious. Washington, quarterback's just a massive question mark. The Eagles, I think organizationally. And also the Eagles are rebuilding more than people think. Um, I just – I think the Eagles are in top five pick territory this year. Uh, And also remember, when it comes to the easiest schedules – Part of the reason the Eagles' schedule is so easy is because they're playing other NFC East teams that were also really bad last year. I'm, I'm gonna put it like this, and uh, we're gonna wrap it wrap this up. Then we're gonna right, get yeah, to right. lane. You know what I'm saying? I'm put it like this: nobody's gonna finish under 500 this season in the East. I don't think so. Not this season. You mean over 500? Yeah, over five. Well, they did finish under five hundred last season. Over five hundred. <laughs> over five hundred. It's going to be a clear cut winner this season. Record. I, I, I kind of like the Giants. I'm kind of talking myself, in, but I'm not going to put any money down on it right now. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna at least wait till it hits summer here in New Mexico. Right. Yeah. It was forty degrees when I walked out of my house this morning. Oh lord! I just seen something so disrespectful on Bovada. I ain't gonna talk. We are gonna talk off air about it. It's so disrespectful. Um, let's get to the parlays. We're gonna wrap up the show uh, with our parlays, and pretty much um, mine is more repetitive, uh, so I'll save it um, here. Um, uh, another Friday night baseball action. Uh, L.A. Dodgers versus Miami Marlins, not Florida, Miami Marlins. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is on the mound. So give me the under uh, this young. I, I mean, Clayton had one bad start, but after that, he's back to Cy Young winning Clayton Kershaw. Uh, give me St. Louis and uh, San Diego over seven runs. Uh, Sam Houston plus five and a half versus South Dakota State. Uh, a little another um friday night baseball action uh give me you know this actually this is actually thursday night baseball action <laughs> uh give me cleveland minus 135 versus seattle mariners i think cleveland just a good team don't forget about jose ramirez down there he is still i like jose ramirez he's he, 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 he knocking the ball out the park in uh portland three and a half versus phoenix suns that is my parlay for tonight all right, I'm going a lot of UFC in mine. Uh, Shevchenko over Lee, not Valentina Shevchenko, her older sister, Antonina Shevchenko, a slight minus 125 favorite over Jessica Lee. Look, the Shevchenkos spend a lot of time in Houston. They don't lose in the city of Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I have seen Antonina fight before, not as good as a sister, 
No one is. Uh, spoiler alert there. Nobody is. But <laughs> Anthony and Shevchenko can really fight. I like her over Jessica Lee in Houston, a town that her and her family really loves. They actually lived there for quite a long time. Valentina mm-hmm. will do a Q&A tomorrow at the UFC Fan Fest. Uh, so check that out if you can. Tomorrow being Friday, uh, day before the pay-per-view. So Anthony Shevchenko in front of her sister in her one of her one of her favorite cities in America, getting the win as a slight minus 125 favorite over Jessica Lee. Uh, Benil Dariush, Tony Ferguson, touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, I like over two and a half rounds, minus 185 for this one. I mean, I I don't think Ferguson, um, he doesn't got it like he used to anymore. He used to be able to finish guys pretty well. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have that in his repertoire as much anymore. But he still got just a hellacious chin and the most unreal pain tolerance, I've, I think, of any human on that walks the earth. I mean, just if – so his arm don't snap, but watch what happened when Charles Oliveira got him in the arm bar there. It looks like his arm is about to snap, and Tony Ferguson stayed in it for the last, you know, 10 seconds till the bell rang. Uh, how he survived that is beyond human. Uh, so I like over two and a half there, Darius and Ferguson. Shane Burgess, Edson Barbosa. Like the under two and a half. Uh, so Darius Ferguson over two and a half, minus 185 odds. Burgess and Barbosa under two and a half, plus 155 there. I think Shane Burgess is going to get in uh, Barbosa's face and eventually finish him either, you know, probably I think at some point in the second round. Um, and also with these over under two and a halves, once it gets to the third round, if Shane Burgess finishes Barbosa in the first minute of the third round, under two and a half still cashes. So it's not once the third round starts, your under bet goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Or once third round starts, your over bet hits. You got to wait till it gets past the halfway mark of that round. So just want to clarify that for those who maybe don't bet on UFC typically. Gotcha. Um, but I like Shane Burgess is getting Barbosa's face to finish him. Even if Burgess doesn't finish him, Barbosa, go look at his – he might have the most impressive highlight reel in UFC history just with the different types of finishes and kicks that he has. Maybe he lands a spinning back kick highlight reel finish and gets a finish early on. Uh, so I like under two and a half there, plus 155 odds. Go across the pond – to some Premier League action. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur against Wolverhampton Wonders, over two and a half goals. Uh, Tottenham can't keep anybody out of the net, but with Harry Kane and Dele Alli and Youngman's son, they can really score. Over two and a half there. Wolves also got some really good attacking talent out there, out there in England. And then, lastly, Sam Houston State, plus five and a half against South Dakota State. I'm taking the points there and the Bearcats. I do think they ultimately win the game, but I'm going to grab five and a half I'm going to take my money and run with it there. Uh, like the Bearcats, plus five and a half, paying out plus twenty three seventy five. I feel good about this one. Uh, feel good, feel good about this one. Um, Rob, I'm excited for UFC this weekend. Uh, I really am. I, I'm just so intrigued with this Charles Oliveira Michael Chandler fight because we've seen so little from Michael Chandler in the UFC. So there's like an intrigue there, but I think Oliveira. Like I said, if he was fighting Khabib, and Khabib for me, it's like Usman or Valentina, mm-hmm. where it's like, I just bet him, and it's even if he is minus 400, minus 500, I'll just bet him, and it's an investment because I know I know that's a winner. Yeah. Um, but I would, after I saw Oliveira fight and his style with his jujitsu being as good as it is and Khabib's wrestling, I was like, man, I don't know. You know, if Khabib, even if Khabib takes him down, Oliveira could lock him in. I mean, I sent you the video. And I was yeah. Like, Dude, yeah. This dude gets thrown around, and all of a sudden he finds your neck, and that 
Once you know, he finds your neck, it's done. <laughs> uh, he's got, I mean, just all different kind. His, his jujitsu is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Michael Chandler, an amazing wrestler, but just got ridiculous power. And a lot of guys with power in the UFC, they may, if they're left handed, they got a power left hand and get you it. That was Conor McGregor in his heyday. He just had a left hand and he touched you with it mm-hmm. night, night. Um, and then there are guys, you know, who is, you know, if they're a right-handed guy, it's their right hand. You know, they they get you with that right cross or right hook or whatever, where it's just, you know, that's what gets you. Chandler's got – I mean, Chandler's a right-handed guy. When he KO'd Dan Hooker in the first round, it was an overhand left. I mean, it was with his weak hand, quote, yeah. quotes there. Uh, and he just – I mean, and he didn't like – it wasn't no t- – like, he got him. Uh, and Dan Hooker, again, went 25 minutes with Dustin Poirier, who just starched Connor back in January. Dan Hooker went 25 minutes with that guy, and Michael Chandler took him out in two rounds. He's got some ridiculous – and Dan Hooker is one of the – he's a really good technical striker, trains at City Kickboxing with Israel Adesanya. Michael Chandler is the real deal. This is about how I feel about Charles Oliveira, but I am so intrigued by this fight because we've seen so little from Chandler, and Oliveira has just had this meteoric rise here in the last – you know, I think last March is when he really came out on the scene. He beat Kevin Lee, who was a former mm. title challenger – in 155 pound division and really dominated Kevin Lee in that fight. And that's what really put him onto the scene of, Oh, maybe he's a future title contender. Then he just destroys Tony Ferguson the way he does. Mm-hmm. And like, man, this dude is for real. So I'm so, intri- I'm just so intrigued by this fight. And here's another thing I'll say. Last thing I'll say on the fight. Cause Oliver's great on the ground with his jujitsu, like ridiculous. Michael Chandler, elite, elite wrestler, ridiculous mm-hmm. wrestler. Oftentimes, when you get guys who are great on the ground like that, you'll see these fights play out on the feet. And I go back to Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman when they faced off back in December of 2019, where Covington and Usman are both just ridiculous wrestlers. And they just, you know, neither one of them really want to take – because if Covington goes for a takedown on Usman, makes one mistake, well, then Usman's just going to lay on top of him. And same thing the other way around. Usman makes one mistake, Covington's got him, is going to grind him out. So they're not – none of these guys I think are going to be super eager to re- – because Oliveira doesn't want to get pinned under Michael Chandler. Yeah. And Michael Chandler doesn't want to have Oliveira on the ground, put his neck in the wrong spot, and then all of a sudden Oliveira's got him in some kind of some kind of weird choke that yeah. – you know, there's something called a Peruvian necktie that he's submitted his own <laughs> with before. That just sounds like it hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah. That, that sounds like it hurts. Um, so I think there's going to be a fight that plays out on the feet despite these guys' ground credentials. But mm-hmm. Chandler's got ridiculous power, and Oliveira's really good technical striking, just very clean in everything he does. And lately, his avoid really getting hit with big shots is a problem earlier in his career. I'm just so intrigued. I'm, I'm so curious to see how this fight plays out because Oliveira's had a career resurgence, and Chandler, he's, had, he's done great in Bellator – but we've only seen one fight of him in the UFC, and it was just so spectacular. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm just so intrigued by this fight because I can see it playing out about 90 different ways. Just like, you know, do they go to the ground? Do they go to the feet? Is it Chandler, Duck, just keep going for takedown? Does Oliveira, you know, what? I'm just so curious to see how this plays out because both guys are so – there's just a lot of unknown with Michael Chandler and Oliveira is just so diverse. I'm – this is gonna it's gonna be a fun night, and we got Tony Ferguson, Vanille Dariush on the card. That's gonna be fun. Shane Burgess, Edson Barbosa, Caitlin Chukagian's on the card, former uh flyweight title challenger. Um 
just a great it's gonna be a fun weekend it's gonna be a fun night of fights i'm excited i almost bought ufc tickets for the event in phoenix in june today uh a little out of my price range i decided against it a financially smart decision but i am very i'm very excited for i'm i can't say it enough you're gonna have to cut me off bro because i'm so excited for this weekend and that is ufc 262 you know go check that out man in houston if you're in houston go get some tickets Dude, a lot of fan fest don't even don't even yeah, I mean, fest, yeah. tickets are ridiculous but mm-hmm. a lot of fan fest and stuff going on tomorrow dana white's doing a meet and greet tonight at i think at little woodrow's in the shepherd area oh like it's a uh, you know like it's i just recommend going out you know the fan and the fan fest like all like the fan fest and the q a and the weigh-ins where they do all the stare downs and stuff mm-hmm. that's a, and all that stuff is free yeah. You know, you just you just walk in. You don't gotta buy a ticket or anything. Mm-hmm. Like you just walk into that stuff. So I I recommend doing that just to get like the experience. I got like it's it's a lot of. I got to go to the UFC event in February 2020 in Houston mm-hmm. with John Jones fighting Dominic Reyes. One of my favorite sporting events I've been. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's the UFC. It's just so much fun, man. I can, so if you can just go to any of these events or stuff, there's these pre, I mean, the UFC, you go on their Instagram page, Twitter page, they got all the stuff lined up, what they're doing mm-hmm. day tomorrow. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. So definitely recommend it. Pump for this weekend. Get your bets in, people. It's going to be a fun night. Yes, you heard it. Get your bets in. Uh, we got a lot of FCS football going. We got a lot of UFC going. We got some NBA action. We got some MLB action. Big NBA action. This uh, team's battling for seeding right now. Lakers, Blazers, Mavericks, none of them want to be in the play-in. I mean, think about it. You go to the play-in, Steph Curry in a supernova game, you're one game away from being out of the playoffs altogether. Okay. We're talking about the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Blazers being really good. I mean, the Lakers defending champions. Yeah. I mean, being really good teams. So this is a this is a really good weekend for sports. Gabe doesn't like my future Eagles bit, but hey, that's okay. Anyway. Hey, we don't have to agree on everything. <laughs> Team America, I can disagree with my friend and we can still be friends. Well, hey, still be friends. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just sports. It's, it's just sports. sports. People get so mad. It ain't that serious. And the Cowboys ain't winning the Super Bowl. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bobby Beach. You can follow me on Twitter at RoboHairs. Junior, you can follow my man Gabe Myers, G underscore Myers 33. And as always, all you shackers out there, happy betting. Happy betting, everybody.